Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thank you for joining me on a new episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name is Josh, and thanks for joining me on a new episode of Best and Worst Track of the Week on the Music Reviewer Podcast. If you're new to the Music Reviewer Podcast, thanks for joining me. I'm just a guy that loves music and enjoys talking about it, and I do album reviews frequently and also a weekly segment called Best and Worst Track of the Week, where I review new entries onto the Billboard Hot 100 and take one that's the worst and take one that's the best and also grade the rest with the letter grade. Also, occasionally I do work to listens, which are just albums I've enjoyed in the past. But yeah, before we get started on this week's episode of Best Motion Track of the Week, I just want to give everyone a, a little overview and rundown of the state of the podcast. Uh, right now, the year's kind of winding down. We are pretty late uh, in the year. We're already covering the po- week of November 21st. Um, so basically, um, album reviews... They aren't necessarily sparse, but I'm not necessarily uh, dying to cover anything right now. So, and also the general interest of the podcast, I think, is kind of at one of the lower points of the year, which to me kind of makes sense. People are probably a little bit less interested in hearing music commentary as uh, we're all dealing with a once in a hundred year pandemic, uh, a pretty a uh, crazy election cycle that's kind of winding down, but there's still news about it constantly every day. Um, and then also with the holidays coming up, people are probably just trying to spend more time uh, around with their family and gear up for that. Uh, so yeah, that's all understandable. So if you see reviews slowing down, just kind of take it as me reading the room. Um, I'll still try reviewing albums at a somewhat consistent pace, but, um, like I said, there's nothing I'm really dying to review right now. Uh, I'm considering putting out some more work to listens, which is something I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, everyone knows that the winter months aren't necessarily known for, uh, putting out a plethora of, uh, new music releases as well. So, um, just wanted to give everyone uh, just a heads up, but nonetheless, let's go ahead and get into this week's best and worst track of the week. Uh, overall, on this week, um, it was pretty plentiful in terms of new entries, so uh, very hip-hop-centric, which makes sense because we kind of had many album bombs from the latest Kid Leroy album, which I don't know why he put two albums out this year. Uh, this could have easily just been... Uh, put off till next year uh and then also a couple tracks from that nav surprise album too um a country track here uh, from darius rucker that we'll get to in a sec um some other anomalies from artists i've never really heard of either um but yeah uh, interesting stuff coming in i'm not sure really how long most of it will last but some highlights overall on this week's Best and Worst Track of the Week. Uh, Mood by 24K Golden and Ian Dior stayed at number one, which uh, kind of surprised me. I know the song just had a remix, but I didn't know the remix would give it that much of a boost. Uh, but yeah, still holding strong at number one is that. And then also we have a number three that's been steadily climbing. It's been here for 46 weeks on the chart. I hope by Gabby Barrett and Charlie Puth. I haven't formally reviewed that song just because I think it came out. Uh, a bit before I started the series, but yeah, it's been steadily climbing. I've been keeping an eye on it, but hey, I, th- I think it might end up pushing a little bit higher up. Uh, some more news. WAP finally fell out of the top 10. It's at number 11. Uh, it's kind of interesting seeing that behemoth uh, take a downturn. And then now uh, also one of our first 
Uh, worst tracks of the week, Be Like That by Kane Brown, Swaley, and Khalid. Still holding on, going up to number 20 this week. I just don't really see how this 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 track is flirting with moving up higher and higher. Uh, it's a slow climb, but it's doing it. Uh, same thing with AJR, uh, Bang by AJR, up to 24. It's now in the top quarter of the chart. So, honestly, if it keeps on moving up, I'm not going to be surprised. But, uh, honestly, I'm surprised. Uh, <laughs> thus far, I am surprised it's made it this high. Especially, you don't necessarily think of AJR as being a uh, mainstream pop band on the charts, even though they have a pretty cult light following. Uh, also, same thing with One Beer by Hardy, one of our worst tracks of the week. Uh, I think our first one, up to 33, uh, steadily climbing. Don't see how that's happening, but I also don't listen to much country radio nowadays. So uh, what I do like to see, though, is Pretty Heart by Parker McCollin up to 37 this week. That's another steady climber that I'm rooting for. He's one of our best tracks of the week uh, some time ago. Another best track of the week some time ago that I've been watching, Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus. I think I got helped by a remix version from Stevie Nicks, if I'm not, if I'm correct. Up to 44 this week. I kind of see now this is <clears throat> on a trajectory possibly to get a little bit higher but we'll have to wait and see on that also what our two weeks ago our worst track of the week so done by the kid Leroy, uh up to 59 this week i think it got a boost from that baby album bomb but still uh, uh i wouldn't be surprised if this gets higher though honestly and then also if you're coming from last week's positions review uh, most of the Ariana Grande stuff dropped out, but uh, that's to be expected from most album bombs. But let's go ahead and get down to this um, this first track this week, Fuck You, Goodbye, uh, by The Killer Roy featuring Machine Good Kelly coming in at 99. Uh, this was the better of the three Kid Leroy tracks this week. That's uh, not saying much. Uh, the track opens up with a cheap-sounding synthetic guitar intro. A moody and angry performance from Leroy, uh, but you know his vocal delivery to me is just a little off-putting. He's not a bad singer, but he just needs a little bit of refinement, I think. Uh, his vibrato is really distracting. Uh, there's some weak percussion sounds throughout the track that I think could do, the track could do without. And the Machine Gun Kelly feature, honestly, he just seemed bored to be on this track. Uh, I think he just took a paycheck here. Uh, and then on, honestly, the songwriting here is just what gets to me. The hook is pretty oversimplified and as expected from most Kid Leroy tracks. And it's pretty just, it's pretty dull. I give it a C. Next track was from an artist named CJ, uh, titled Whoopty, coming in at 97. But yeah, I, I don't really know if this is his first time being on the, the charts like this. Um, uh, I certainly would have to familiar myself with his discography, but this isn't really a good introduction, to be honest. There's a highly annoying wailing vocal sample that immediately greets you and does not stop for literally the whole entire track. Uh, it's nice to see that this is using some Droby influence though. I like that part of the track. Um, but I'm just kind of not convinced on the delivery and technical skill we see from CJ here. It seems like this is probably at his ceiling or close to his ceiling, which honestly, this, it's not very high compared to, uh, other rappers in the game right now. Uh, and that just that annoying ass sample just ruins the whole entire track. It just loops over and over. And it just ruins everything. It's also mixed way too high. And it doesn't really make the track very interesting or add to it in any effective manner. So I give it a, this track a D+. 
Next track was an interesting one by Billie Eilish, Therefore I Am, coming in at 94. This track has an as-expected aesthetic, a Billie Eilish aesthetic. Some attributes I like from the track is that there's this smooth melodic bass line supporting everything. It colors the track very well, almost like a zipper. Uh, she definitely utilizes and relies on her soft vocal approach on this performance, which is pretty normal in a Billie Eilish track, but it's a little one-dimensional, but it fits nicely in the track still. Um, there's some also blown-out, distorted qualities in the instrumental. I also like the electronic melodic ideas thrown in the instrumental as well. Uh, and I thought this track was pretty good. I give it a B. This next track was titled Beer and Sunshine from Darius Rucker coming in at 94. Honestly, this is a pretty interesting track because it's, it seems like it was going for a summer sort of quality to it. And it's somehow being released now in November. Uh, but the track isn't very good, honestly. Uh, it utilizes a safe and sanitary approach in the songwriting and production. This track is just lacking in several different areas, and I gave it a C-. Next track was from Nav and Gunna, uh, coming out at 84, titled Young Wheezy. Uh, haven't really covered too much Nav on this podcast, but if I have to be honest... Uh, Nav's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. I know in no way, shape, or form is he a <laughs> an upper tier uh, rapper. Uh, there's something about him, though, that is just interesting. I don't really know what it is. Uh, th this track, though, uh, it's off this his latest new album, which I think this is his third this year. Um those of those three i don't think any of those projects have gotten any good positive critical claim uh on this track though gunna sounds like he's trying to sound a bit like young thug at times and then also throws in an obvious travis scott ad lib that's ripped off don't know how they got away with that the syncopated cheap guitar uh is an obvious indicator of this and yeah it's it's a song about beer and sunshine in november uh, the vocals here sound poorly mixed too. Uh, the track does have moments where the instrumentals sound a bit more rich and organic, but it quickly reverts back to a more sterile sound in the verses. Um, and I just don't like the production on this. It sounds washed out on several points and it doesn't really, uh, do much to, uh, bring out Darius Rucker's vocal talent on here, uh, to accentuate it in any way that's captivating. In the production, I think the snare sounds a bit dry at times. Uh, there's a pretty static approach with Nav and Gunna using the same flow literally the whole entire track. It's just, it doesn't change or vary at all. The instrumental does have some nice light melodic qualities that color the track well, but they're mixed too low in my opinion. And it's, it's just an okay song. I give it a C. Next track was All These N-Words featuring Lil Durk by King Vaughn. Uh, coming in at 77, uh, first time uh, King Vaughn's on the top 40 charts or charting in general, I think. He was a uh, Chicago rapper that was unfortunately uh, murdered earlier this month. So he did have a posthumous release that is doing well commercially, which it's sad at the same time. But uh, it's it's always nice to see, I guess, some sort of recognition. And I honestly... This my this is my first introduction to King Vaughn's music. Honestly, it I, I dig it. I, I dig the guy's aesthetic. 
Um, Lil Dirk's on this. I think he was, uh, his, uh, he was on, King Von was on Lil Dirk's label. Uh, this track is based around a pretty standard rap minor key piano instrumental. In my opinion, the vocals sound mixed a bit low for some reason, uh, but the track does rely on some gangster rap aesthetics, which are one of the qualities I dig about King Von's music. I like the quirky synth embellishments on the track as well. Um, not the most captivating King Von track I've covered this week, but it's still decent. I gave it a B. Next track came in at 76, Tragic, featuring Young Boy Never Broke Again and Internet Money by Kid Leroy. Um, this almost got worst track of the week. Uh, the production here sucks, in my opinion. I hate how Leroy's voice is mixed here. It sounds very small, undynamic, and washed out. Uh, the beat is pretty loopy and uninteresting with like these piano chords being played on the downbeat very predictably. Uh, Youngboy Never Broke Again doesn't fit well in this track at all, in my opinion. He's about on the same level as Kid Leroy in terms of captivating me. Uh, none of his better qualities come out on this track either. His delivery sounds slurred and indiscernible at times. And I don't hate this track as much um, as some other tracks I covered by the Kid Leroy this week, but it, it, it just doesn't sound that great in my opinion. I give it a D. Next track was by King Vaughn at 66, titled The Code, featuring Polo G. Uh, I thought this one was an, a, a chill track as well. Uh, there's a much more aggressive performance style here, almost drill beat-like as well. Some hard thug life aesthetics that coat the track. Um, it's almost like a more authentic 6ix9ine track, which I hate to say it, but it seems like King Vaughn was a little influenced by 6ix9ine. Um, it, to me, though, it, this just sounds like more genuine 6ix9ine his more aggressive thug gangster rap style is just an act. This feels just a little bit more real. The instrumental here is still pretty loopy, uh, and it's overly reliant on a piano instrumental, but uh, the Polo G feature sounds a bit like it's from a borrowed style that I couldn't quite put my finger on, but he sounds like he's doing a direct impression from some other rapper. I just couldn't put my, my, my finger on it. It wasn't bad, though. I give this track a B. Next track was coming out at 65, Don't Need Friends, featuring Lil Baby by Nav. Um, I thought this track was okay. There's a dark and moody aesthetic on this track. That fits in really well with Nav's typical style. His flow is pretty good, and it's pretty rhythmic. Um, it, but it features this typical static delivery, and it's accentuated quite well, at least. So he at least delivers it decently. Uh, Lil Baby doesn't execute nearly as well as Nav, but it's still not bad. Uh, his delivery is a little bit slurred uh, and undiscernible, indiscernible too, so kind of what I found to be uh, Young Boy Never Broke Again's uh, issue uh, on the Kid Leroy feature, or on the Kid Leroy track. Um, overall, I didn't mind this track, but give it a B. Next one uh, was Took Her to the O by King Vaughn at 47. This was the weaker of the three in my opinion. This track I mentioned earlier, um, King Von being somewhat of a uh, influenced by Six Nine. This track was definitely, in my opinion, felt more derivative of the Six Nine style, uh, especially in the flow, but without all the yelling. The instrumental isn't as interesting as the other tracks either. It's very repetitive and loopy. I thought it was just average. I give it a C. 
Next track was the highest charting one of the new entries coming in at 35 by some artists that I didn't really see working together all on one track with that speed bout by Michael made it Nicki Minaj and young boy never broke again. It's just weird too seeing young boy never broke again, thrown in on all these features. Um, this track though, there's a rhythmic technical and present performance from young boy. Uh, it's pretty dynamic, featuring his rap singing. Uh, well, Nicki Minaj, uh, Naj's feature features uh, some different styles uh, that she raps in. I think she kind of goes on like her character changes. Her flow is good and rhythmic. Uh, that, in my opinion, the track could have used more Minaj. Uh, and the beat has this unique style to it, with some unorthodox textures and melodic material. I heard another person review saying that this was probably out of key. I wouldn't doubt it, but I'm not going to go into a whole analysis uh, in, uh, of that sort of thing. Um, the track is at least captivating. I give it a B. All right, everyone. So we're at that point of the show where I go ahead and give you guys best and worst track of the week. We always start at worst track of the week, so we end on a positive note. And I, I kind of had to record this segment because uh, when I came down to editing the episode, I noticed that uh, none of what I had originally recorded for these two songs, uh, the best and the worst track of the week, um, ended up uh, actually sticking. For some reason, uh, nothing was there. So that's why this episode's coming out pretty late. Uh, but anyways, worst track of the week goes to Always Do by The Kid Leroy. Uh, I kind of hinted at this at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, just more sanitary and generic clean guitar utilization on the track. Some cheap snap percussive elements. Um, a really tacky whistle embellishment thrown in as well. Um, the instrumental honestly sounds like it belongs like on an MTV block um, of like music videos. Uh, like the kind of music that was coming around in the 2000s, like this pop R&B style. Uh, it's kind of what it, it sounds like, what the Kid Leroy's singing over here, uh, singing over on this track. And um, yeah, the track does kind of feature a more sensitive approach from Leroy. Uh, but just the, the songwriting elements on here, there's a do-do-do refrain where his voice just crackles. Uh, it's not very pleasing. Uh, and yeah, it's just the... Cr this natural inflection in his voice when he forces his crackling or the unrefinement in his being able to control singing really just what makes a song the worst of the week, in my opinion. Uh, it, it was quite obvious when I went through all three Kid Leroy tracks this week. So best worst track of the week goes to Kid Leroy with Always Do. Best track of the week, on the other hand, is Crazy Story 2.0 featuring Lil Dirk by King Vaughn. Um... Really digging the hard gangbang, uh, thug life, gangster rap aesthetic here. Uh, King Vaughn's delivery is great. Uh, great presence on the track as well. Uh, the instrumental doesn't have like this overbearing hi-hat uh, sort of style either, which I find pretty rare nowadays with uh, trap music. Uh, and then probably one of the better little Dirk features I've heard on a track. Uh, he sounds honestly completely different here and fits well with this gangster rap aesthetic. Uh, great overall mood on the track. The performances are captivating. 
Uh, I love the doubled vocal echo effect uh, going on on the vocals too and on, on Vaughn's part. So yeah, uh, overall solid track. Probably the most consistent track on this week. Um, we'll see what ne next week brings us. Possibly another album bomb coming next week from Lil Uzi Vert in future. But uh, until then, if you join me on this uh, to, on this entire episode of Best Worst Track of the Week, thank you. And I hope to see you guys next week, or hopefully you guys tune in next week. And, and be on the lookout for some stuff coming out. I, I know I mentioned earlier the podcast would be slowing down a little bit, but I have a worth to listen down the pipeline. And uh, we're at a new week, so that means uh, more albums to review. So hopefully... Uh, I'll get back into some sort of uh, consistent swing. But nonetheless, uh, if you chose to listen to the Music Reviewer podcast today, thanks for joining. If you're on YouTube, leave some feedback, like, and subscribe if you're digging it. If you're just on a regular streaming service, subscribe to me there too. But yeah, take care of yourself. See y'all later.